0: Hey, and welcome everyone to this episode of Co-Creating with AI. I'm Martin Schellström, and with me is my dear friend Rasmus. How are you today, Erasmus?
1: I'm very good. Yeah, I think it's been uh, quite an amazing week at work, feeling like that sense of things coming together. Um, yes. I've got that a lot today. Um, with, the, I mean, it feels like we've been deploying new, new cool stuff every day this week in the product, which is, uh, yeah so much so much fun
0: uh, how are you doing I'm great I'm I've been trying to work outdoors today like it's still like <laughs> too cold in the shadow too warm in the Sun and not it, it just right indoors so I' ended up being mostly indoors even though there's such a beautiful spring weather um, I've um, I wanted to start today to talk about I got an email from a friend Um from way back uh, he is deputy head of the department of school of computing at uh, Dublin University uh, his name is Cathal Gurin way back at in 2015 I was um, the founder of narrative where we built a life logging camera and Cathal is a power user he's still um, he, he told me in the email he's still uh, using the narrative clip recording his life in photos Every day, like uh, seven years after I last spoke to him, and um, uh, I was just uh, reminded about how how much of a treasure trove that data pile is. It with like two gigabytes of, of photos of every day of your life. How much the uh, AI can learn from that, and how, um, yeah. How interesting it is to think about what you can actually do from there? Because our everyday lives—what are they? Is like breakfast. It's uh, what people you meet. It's uh, a lot of like your computer screen and the inside of your room and apartment and work and office and so on and a bit like walking back and forth. But uh, yeah, I mean, it,
1: it, it's pretty cool as well. Like, because if you just think about it, like the LLM era is like throwing data at something almost. And then it picking up and learning the patterns or the yeah. principles behind it. Yeah. And if you just think about that in his life, like it would learn what he likes to eat, you know, when he was happy. Uh, if it actually it doesn't take a photo of him, but like what he did. Um, I mean, how many, if you think about the whole health at, movement? At least when, like when, when, other people, he ate when, when
0: other people around him was happy and hopefully yeah. that resonates when he was happy as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that correlation yeah. is probably yeah. pretty high. Yeah. Yes. So it's,
1: it's interesting just like throwing data at yeah. like a lot of the things we've been building software for. And, yes. and now you just take like throw data at it, take like these new types of models, and then they can figure out a lot of the things that we were like. Trying to figure out through like very complicated software previously. Yes, feels like. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so that's interesting, and that's going to be the topic of today. Actually, uh, data is the new oil is not the new saying, however, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it it is uh, the the new new oil uh, because uh, the company with the best uh, data also has the best AI, and uh, uh, and. Is it their data though, or is it our data? Uh, Who owns data in this era of AI? Do you have a what what would be your your keynote speech topic? My my keynote speech.
1: Yeah. I I think I sort of already gave it the last few minutes of of the previous episode. But in short, if I would build on that or, or reiterate that, I think like data ownership today is pretty clear in many ways, like at least from a legal standpoint, then what happens in practice is is Mm -hmm. another thing, right? You have had data privacy and ownership laws being put in place uh, across large parts of the world, like GDPR being, of course, the the most uh, famous and annoying in our daily lives, uh, with the pop ups on every website. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think like, with regards to employment, we talked about that last last week, like about you know copying someone after they left with their data, right? Yes. But yes. my data in a company is owned by the company. Yeah. Um, but my data, um, in many private situations, is is you know owned by me. But also we sort of sign that away by using different services that they mm. can and may or use our data in different ways uh, according to the. Uh, miles long, uh, uh, you know, terms of service and Mm. uh, privacy policy. Um, So I'd say from a legal standpoint, we have that. What I don't think is that it's well adapted for what comes now. I think it's probably going to be a lot of like bad, like outcomes from that legal framework as technology now, you know, as always, but even more so now develops Mm. at such a pace that the legal side will definitely not. Mm. uh keep up and will the the gap between the legal and what comes now will be bigger than ever before and i think the primary thing there is that because data is now so valuable um in so many ways we don't have like a good method for rewarding or like sharing the value of that data with Mm. with those who have generated. Uh, I mean, especially individuals, but I also think on like corporate side, there are all sorts of questions around: um, Should artists uh, be paid for like a share of what Mid Journey makes because it's been trained on their images? Should uh, Reddit and um, what's the other example, Twitter, be paid part of what uh, OpenAI yeah. makes because uh, you know uh, they? Um, have trained it on their on on Reddit's and I think Twitter's data. Mm. Um like don't like I'm not hundred percent sure those exact examples there, right? But but in principle, uh, so I think that's where it comes down to is like we have data ownership from a time where data was they said they started to say it was the new oil, but it was mm. more like the new I don't know what the if you could come for something, it yeah. was something that wasn't as valuable as oil, at least. <laughs> uh,
0: and the then, now it's or actually actually so, oil. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
1: It was I don't know, it was these fa- fake kind of plastic diamonds, and now it's real diamonds,
0: yeah. something like that. What but are what are your thoughts? Well, so something that I like, I might I'm I don't know I have, might have a radical standpoint. I think like this that let's say I have uh, an, a a tiny language model with just one single synapse, and I'm letting it look at a thousand photos or a thousand paintings of famous artists. And the only thing it's doing, like it's nudging, It ha- let's say it only has a black and white pixel value that goes from white to black. And if the picture is darker, it nudges it that it's pixel value slightly to darker. And if it's lighter, it's nudging it. And, and you run that on a, a thousand and uh, or a hundred thousand images, then it's sort of, it's going to nudge itself towards the average just brightness of all of those images. And I don't think a single image can claim that, oh, the, the information in that pixel is owned by me. or I, to, to me, when an LLM learns, it's just like every artist in the world all, also learned from every other artist before them. And uh, I don't think LLMs, LLM makers should pay for uh, allowing their... AI is to look at copyrighted works just like, just seeing them because they are not actually used in the end result. And uh, copyright is not on a style. You can't copyright a style of a painting or you can only copyright a specific painting and then another one and then another one. And you And an AI can never replicate and use, like you can never do something that gets as close to a song or a photo or an artist. Uh, painting that it's replicating an, an individual painting that would definitely be breaking the copyright but my view is that corporate laws does, doesn't does apply to the output of a text generator or an image generator no i agree um, actually
1: but i think like the, i think the point i'm trying to get at is more yeah. like and i think that's like it's a good good point of view because i think when i'm talking about data ownership and like sharing i it it makes it seem like it's it's mechanistic on like oh we the, the artists should get paid by midjourney mm-hmm. but i actually think it's more like a societal challenge that if midjourney replaces 95% of artists yes like so that and and the uh, open llms replaces you know uh, 90% of all knowledge workers and hopefully yeah. like new work and everything right but they mm-hmm. they basically have immense value capture from uh this maybe we could look at it as a public good of mm. the collective data of all the citizens of a society um and they get value capture then we will need um i mean it's not really value they, they, they capture a lot of value but of course generate a lot of value yeah. like like even more value of course um but like i just think like from a societal standpoint there will need to be a flow back we will need to treat it as a public good where you know the AI companies the AI models get value from, mm. and 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 share it back, like the companies share it back. Uh, I think to uh, to like people in the society. I think it's more like that loop that that will be a huge challenge. If like uh, because we have that situation in how like capitalism works and how uh, like data ownership works, it will create huge outcomes. I think for uh, for uh, like AI companies. Mm. Um, and we won't really have a societal framework to sort of loop that back and share that value as quickly um, as it changes. But I think we'll solve it. I'm like, I'm not a pessimistic at all here. I just think there will be like a, um, interesting outcomes uh, like occurring uh, because we haven't like we still if we still have a framework and mm-hmm. then something new comes along, then that will interact, right?
0: It's also interesting that OpenAI has uh, in their terms of service that you can't train a model a competing model on their on the output of their models. Yeah. So which is like they 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 trained their models on the output of the entire internet but other companies can't do the same with their models. Like you yeah. we, according to the terms of service. So that's a that's uh I don't know if that's hilarious or, or 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 if it's just a fact of life. But uh, they they're trying to project protect that and of course everybody's doing it shamelessly like like that researchers yeah. are saying this is not for commercial use so we we're going to just dump 25,000 prompts generated by by GPT-4 out there for as training data and and uh, yeah it's a, it's a it's a big mess right now uh, data ownership is is uh, it, it's it's the mix of who owns the data with like who, who is training the model for what purpose and is it then going to be used for that purpose or a completely different purpose? Like people are using, I'm sure, uh, oh, uh, like research model for commercial purposes and and vice versa all over the place.
1: Yeah, and that's so interesting. Like I fully agree. It was even like I heard that Google were training Bard on like chat GPT. Output. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like sneak, <laughs> like get a basically catch up on like the reinforcement learning human feedback loop that they had like... Uh, that Chat GPT has benefited from that they've been working so much with at, at OpenAI, which is not like as quick to replicate as training, a, mm. you know, a GPT and um, a model. Um, but I think it's interesting, like just like, so we basically have the situation with data, right? And we have, you know, this tension between data ownership and these new models that we, we lived into. What I think is very interesting then is what we discussed like a little bit before the episode as well is, like that sort of leads to the enthusiasm for and the need for open source mm. uh, models because um, we like if I don't want to send my I, I want my data my data is valuable whether I'm an individual yeah. or company then I don't want to send it all the time like all over the place to someone to someone else like to the cloud provider so to say I want to have it on prem, I want to have it on my phone, or I want to have it in my on my servers, uh, you know, in the company. Um, and in order to do that, I I mean, I think like, apparently, OpenAI has some kind of on prem solutions, etc, where you can keep your own data. But, but there's like, I think this need is what sort of pushes, like the, the need to, to be able to have private data actually is one of the key drivers between, uh, behind like um the like the the demand for open source uh, models which yeah. i've seen like exploding and i know you've been looking a lot at mm. um what are your thoughts there right like how does like like either around like data and open source or just like the open source uh, um within like uh, generative ai
0: yeah so um I I just think that it's an amazing thing that what is going on like that that the open source movement is actually uh, producing stuff that is on par with what the closed source is doing and like code wise they've been doing that for ages with with Linux being like the top third um, one of the top three OSS in the world and uh, open source is definitely like a contender for the throne of of computer science in in general. And, but with AI, such an um, it's such a big premise that you have to have hundreds of thousands of GPUs to train a big model, and and open source is still competing, and that's such an amazing, fun, and actually like democratizing power in the world that that exists, and uh, now we're, it it's it's has really been spurned, like truly in for real been spurned by by um, by Meta releasing their models open source, and uh, and of course there was a leak there. They didn't intend it to become out, come out in the wild, but of course, like like life will find a way, and uh, and uh, now it's like it's intermixed. Like people will not ever like be able to tell the difference anymore about what where are actually the weights coming from in a certain service, but um, it's. Uh, it's i think it's uh, a great fact about the ai movement that not all innovation is happening in big companies i it's uh, such an immense just pleasure and gives hope for humanity that um there's as much if not more innovation going on in this like in people's homes and apartments all over the world as in the research labs of the big companies
1: yeah it's pretty it's cool
0: there as well like i think just like funny on the meta part it's like Okay,
1: meta, like the llama leaked, right? It ran out of the building and started spitting all over the place like llamas do, right? And people, you know, started having fun with it. Um, Leak or not, I don't know. But then like you see um, Google, like the other week, right? There was this internal leaked memo from someone, I don't know, someone who was at least very knowledgeable within Google around this, who basically said, hey, we can't beat open source. We're not going to beat open Mm. source. And then meta, like yesterday, the day before yesterday, Release uh, released their like multimodal research uh, model um, so like it's, it's very interesting that tension also like it i, I wouldn't have imagined like meta may be emerging as that
0: <laughs> no as it's as like, the kind the, of, like the world uh, <laughs> is upside down because of ai like uh, bing is also all of a sudden a contender to the throne of search engines and meta uh, is helping humanity move forward in hopeful ways
1: yeah, and I mean, yeah. I, I imagine like that's going to be, if Bing really takes off, and then, then Edge is going to take off. So then we we'll literally have Internet Explorer again. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: almost. Yeah, is that a step forward or a step I back? Know. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but, uh, and then we have like the, the thing with individual um, data ownership, and, like who owns my health data and my... My like the traces or the the that I leave all over the web when I just move around when I when I uh, do my daily stuff, and if we can achieve both regulations and software that allows me to capture some of the value that to have equity in systems that 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 leverages my data right? and and uh, like the intention of the EU laws are like the, to to allow me to. Pull my data back if I see no longer accept the way it is used, then uh, uh, that that is also a really big challenge, and it's just magnified a lot about that data moving, like coming into just being a data source for training in LLM, and and like what is what is is the data there anymore uh, or not, and if I have the standpoint, I guess that. Um, Copyright doesn't apply to uh, to me journey, Then where am I on my health data? I feel I feel conflicted. No, but there is there is like that's called sensitive data, at least
1: according to GDPR. Yeah. like that's sensitive per like there's personal data, and then there's this like the the special category within personal data of like I think it's called sensitive data, um, and health data is one of them. Um, so I think definitely that already has a special treatment and I think, I don't know, no, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, but I'd I'd say that it, it will be treated differently how I'm not sure, but it's interesting. Like just getting back to the first thing you said, moving around the internet. Right. Mm -hmm. And like reclaiming it. So first of all, like moving around the internet, like cookie data, right? Yeah. I can imagine like cookie data being so valuable asking like an ad advertiser GPT to Mm. like get Rasmus to buy this. (laughs) And then it's like it from the cookies, it knows that. And then like it watches me around the web. And on the first one, it says this on the second one, it says this. I mean, you could do a bit of that already today, but it wouldn't be as smart and it wouldn't be interactive. Mm. So I think like this, like sci-fi future of, um, like ads talking to you personally, like, uh, like I've read in some books, Hmm. like that could be your reality. Um, And that was just a random thought, but like getting back to like the the core of what you said, like the value of that data that is all around, like, it's also the fact that, okay, so you're a company, you have some of my data, I, and then you train an AI on it, then ask it to delete it. And you're like, okay, it's already in the weights. Yes, right. It's already in there. So, like, it's it's,
0: untrain your AI on my data.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's not going to be realistic.
0: That's That's not going to happen. Exactly. Um, So
1: that's a bit like coming back to the copyright, like um, analogy. It's like, okay, you looked at my painting and you painted a new painting, and then I'm saying, I want my painting back because you borrowed it. You just borrowed my painting, painted a new one inspired by it. I take it back. And I'm going to say, like, no, you should destroy your painting here. That's not going to happen. Absolutely. And no. the same thing here, I give you my data, you borrow it for a bit, you train this model that can do a bunch of stuff, and then I'm like, take it back, and you're going to be like, I don't give a shit, I have my yeah. model. Um, mm. And, and uh, so uh, it all almost feels like because we have been careless with data as a society, GDPR is also like a bit of a joke you just accept, Right. Uh, like you go into web, I don't know. Most, mm-hmm. I I do at least. I think most people do. They just click it away, right? Um, I think that data is out there. So the only question is like who like I, I don't know the only question, but it almost seems like maybe that's sim- like simplistic that whoever has the data now or can acquire it quickly, mm-hmm. like will get immense value from it. Um, yeah i don't know
0: just just ruminating on it (laughs) what what pool of data if you could own any pool of data in the world what would be your the one you would pick wow good question i can i can i just got a thought when when you were talking that uh, so i can go first that what if i own google analytics data like all the data on where everyone has clicked on all the websites in like a lot of the websites in the world or some like the analytics tools to train an AI, to click around and use websites. Mm. Uh, and that, yeah. that's the, that's the like one, a, a contender for me at least. Yeah. I think
1: like, depends of course what you want to build, but I'm just like going back to the basics. What is, like the most valuable data, if I'm just thinking about it monetarily, mm-hmm. like what is valuable is consumption in different forms, whether it's individuals or companies. So then take individuals as the largest piece of, of GDP, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Then yeah. like having consumption data, which is um,
0: like I mean, with what, health, what do people want to buy? Yeah, yeah like yeah, what, are, what are people buying and what, no, that's yeah. Compared compared with health data, that's just gonna tell us what we already know that if you buy sugar yeah. you die earlier. <laughs> I
1: think maybe though, like this is a bit sinister and I hope this is not the case and I hope this doesn't happen. But like if I if, if you think about it just from like a purely kind of maximized money making without any mora- morality constraining yeah. you, which you know generally mm-hmm. is where the market uh without restrictions uh, optimizes towards um it's like pure profit maximization um it's almost like if you like whatever data is most valuable to understanding people and mm. because then you can manipulate them uh, into purchasing mm. like uh, whether it's for you know money or power or other means like um so I wonder like what is the data that is most revealing about ourselves that is probably coming back to health data because like once we start having like you know the apple watch not only or whatever the Neuralink implant like actually or like now that you control stuff with with uh, brain waves like using the mri they they've done some experiments there where they no sorry where uh, the two different things where an llm can like actually read your thoughts <laughs> That's yeah. that's one yes. thing um, yeah. and impulses and all of that stuff and uh, via MRI uh, and then the other part is you being able to use that to control. So I think whoever gets our a large amount of like brainwave data, like neural data, like yeah. from humans, is likely to have be able to do very cool and and awesome and really scary shit. Yeah, I think. I don't want to own that though,
0: but like, I was just thinking in terms—I'd I'd rather not. But I'm thinking, and and then if you can annotate it as well. So I I think like the narrative clip, life logging camera, combined with brainwaves of of the mm. of the, so you can have like this is the per, what the person is watching, this is what they are thinking, and just have that made, that that comparison on a on a massive scale.
1: Yeah. And that goes back to like, it's interesting, like there are all these like trendy words that have been around for a while, right? Like IOT and quantified self. And now where AI comes, another trendy word, right? It actually makes these ones relevant because quantified self is kind of like all that data that you need as, you know, people, companies, societies to actually uh, really be able to do like new cool stuff with these models. And then like IOT is same thing, like data about the world. Like you said, like you could argue narrative clip was an IOT device. I don't know, it's, it's wrong, right? Yeah. But you know, like yeah. it actually takes data to input like real world data and, mm-hmm. and makes it digital uh, in like an automatic fashion. And then of course, like you have the whole, yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of these more that you could think about, of course, robotics, etc. But like the cool thing here is like, there's been a lot of talk about like the overlapping of these exponential technologies like and how they interact and therefore will like really accelerate and are accelerating technolo- technological growth but like the main thing the stitching thing the enabling thing I think is really these AI models hmm. uh, that 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 make these hypes real hmm. um, so it's interesting also like with a bunch of like I think what we're going to see is like just with narrative right um, I mean, you had a huge success with that, but like you just said, like there was someone launching something similar now, right? Whatever, seven, yeah. ten years later, you and mean, I think yeah. there's going to be that that thing, like a bunch of companies that like were launched before and and like were ahead of their time with AI will be like like there will be a lot of re I don't know re startups like mm, looking maybe. back at the like maybe I don't know random thoughts
0: and and uh, the narrative clip. Is actually like, as proven by Catal. If we look back to the beginning, proven by Catal, actually, actually still using the narrative clip. Eight yeah. years later, there's still no better device for life logging than than an yeah. eight year old narrative clip, too. Yeah. So, um, and and the, the IP is still around. If there's anyone listening to this that want to fund, <laughs> like, if if you have two and a half million dollars and this is, and I'm being serious, then <laughs> Uh, we will, for two and a half million dollars, we can restart production and get you ten thousand units. Literally ten thousand. Not as a oh, that's a big number. But I, I, that, that's that's actually the minimum, uh, like quantity to to get production started. If we build ten thousand cameras, we need two and a half million dollars, and then we will have ten thousand units of live logging cameras to put uh. in the hands of. Of AI lovers all over the world. Do you, do you
1: still own the copyright and IP and stuff? Like you no, and but, the. No,
0: but uh, like... no, but my my CTO does, Björn. All oh, right.
1: Nice. Yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. So uh, it's I, available for and 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 <laughs> that would be so much fun if someone did. <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone listens to this. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's cool. Like I think that feels like a good place to round off. Like yeah. and also. Yeah, it's just really amazing to think about like i think narrative is such an interesting example of yeah. of like something that was really like cool and you had so many happy users right and passionate power users etc right and apparently still do yeah um which is which is very cool like speaking about the product but like where you think about it now in the age of ai and
0: like whoa
1: that shift has a new meaning yes
0: um definitely and uh, I th- I also think like it- now we talked about uh, the open source LLMs and on prem. And next episode, I suggest we go in further and talk about the edge as well. Like yeah. what happens when L- when we put the models on the edge? Yeah. And uh, of course, that's what's uh, cooking in in the 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 apple stew, I guess. Uh, yeah. with With Siri being soon being powered by LLM and and being more annoying than ever i hope <laughs> With that. yeah it's no, gonna be like, uh, how let's... are you
1: how are you doing <laughs> i That's feel a doing. bit
0: stressed <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh thank you so much rasmus and That's thank Martin. you dear listener uh tune in to the next episode maybe about models on the edge maybe something else in any case over and out